Thank you for downloading the following message from the Pickerington Church of Christ. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you as you walk with the Lord. For more information or to find additional resources, locate us on the web at pickeringtonchurch.org. Enjoy the message. Good evening, everybody. It's been a terrific day today. Not only did the sun come back out, but uh, boy, what a full house we had this morning. It's really nice when uh, the ushers have to start looking for spaces for when people come in so they can point them where to sit. Um, and it was Easter morning. We had a lot of friends and family in today, didn't we? I think we gave out all our gift baskets back there, and um, there were a few, few folks from the area. That was really good. And um, boy, it was a special day, I thought. The communion was sweet, and the uh, celebration of Ava and Brock's baptisms was wonderful. Singing was powerful. Prayers were good. I'm glad my brother read through all those names like he did. We should do that once in a while. Take our time a little bit. And it was just a good day. Uh, I would think that uh, Kevin may have taken a peek at my title before he, he filled in tonight for singing. But he said he didn't. But the songs that we've been singing have a little bit of fight to them. And uh, a lot of resolve. And I want to... I want to talk a little bit about that with you all tonight, having some fight in us. Anthony said this morning that we need to breathe faith into each other. I appreciate that line. Uh, And I want to do that a little bit with you tonight. I'd like to breathe some faith into you, give you some courage maybe to to consider, reconsider, or to go further than you've been going in order to do some things that um, are important. And that is to, to fight for things that really matter to us. Uh, there are some things worth fighting for. Uh, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and look at verses 7 and 8 with me. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. The Apostle Paul wrote as he was nearing the end of his days. A letter to Timothy, a second letter. And he said in past tense, I have fought the good fight. He said, I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul loved that Christ appeared to him. He was very grateful for that. He loved that Christ came to the earth. And he said, for all of us who love his appearing here to us, God with us, there'll be a crown laid up for us, ready for us to put on a crown of righteousness, a crown of gold, and... um, There'll be a day when we get to celebrate that. But did you notice that the apostle who wrote so much about love, the foremost characteristic of our faith, also said it was a fight? How is our faith in Christ, which we learned this morning is both the scheme of redemption set forth to man to obey, and also our personal trust in that plan of God, in His Word, How is it both a matter of love and 
needing us to have fight in us. Those two things have to balance out, don't they? Or else there's some kind of a contradiction or confusion that we're going to have to wrestle with. But it can be known. Um, I want to give you an illustration that maybe we can use a little bit as we're talking about this uh, over the next few minutes. I was reading that during the uh, critical Civil War battle at Gettysburg, a key engagement occurred near the crest of a hill called Little Round Top. Maybe if you've studied a little bit in uh, history or history of Civil War, you remember that. I'm not a big Civil War uh, reader. I know very little about it, actually, compared to some of you in here. But I remember hearing of that prominent battle when I was a young boy. A Union regiment under the command of Colonel Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain was charged with defending this strategic position. It was a hilltop. There was a greater hilltop beyond it, but this one was very strategic, little round top. And if the uh, Confederate army were to flank around that hill, they would be able to come in behind the Union army and enclose them. And that's trouble whenever you're surrounded. So Chamberlain told them, you are to hold your ground at all costs. You are to hold your ground at all costs. Again and again, Confederate soldiers stormed the regiment's location, and over and again, Chamberlain and his men repelled the assaults. They fought valiantly and held the high ground with a tenacity and uh, kept the enemy from turning the tide of the war through that battle. You are to hold your ground at all costs. Well, we're in a fight because the devil is trying to flank us. If you and I are bold enough to see evil face to face and repel it, we still need to be awake, informed, and ready enough to understand when we are letting our guards down and the devil can come in behind us, if you will. He's wily, right? The scripture says. He's going to look for ways to break us down. And for this reason, Paul calls the faith a fight worth fighting for. And there are other things that I want to mention fighting for as part of your faith. Uh, we're fighting our adversary, the devil. Our adversary is not us uh, or each other. Our adversary is not those who cause us personal injury or harm. Our adversaries are not those who, with whom we have political disagreements or even religious disagreements or our natural enemies, perhaps, that would like to kill us uh, and uh, attempt to do so sometimes. Th those actually are not the enemies. Those are the battlefields of the real enemy, the adversary, the devil, which means adversary. Satan, our accuser, brings forth one meaning about him, but the devil is the battle term for Satan. That's where, we, that's where we talk about him being against us. He wants to drive a wedge between us and God. And if he can do that successfully, we will perish from the face of God. We'll perish from before him. Jesus said, if they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, 
how much more will they call those of his household? We don't have power to defeat him ourselves. We need the Lord's wisdom. We need the Lord's armor that we can read about in Ephesians 6, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet prepared to run into battle with the gospel, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, needs to be ready to use, and constant contact must be kept with the captain of our salvation through prayer. And when we wield the sword of the Word of God, it must be to capture enemy strongholds and bring them into captivity to Christ and His gospel. That is, to acknowledge and attack false premises, false doctrines, false understandings about life or about ourself, that we need to capture them and bring them into captivity to Christ. Our weapons are not then carnal, but they are spiritual weapons. They're weapons that are often um, couched in words, but undergirded by serving through love. And that is how we both love our neighbor as ourself and love God and also fight. We fight through serving others to tear down hardness, to tear down false conceptions about who we are, who Christ is, and then we turn with truth and uh, correct, humbly, Paul said to Timothy when you're talking with people, humbly correct people in the hopes that God will grant them, re to, uh, grant them repentance. Uh, he spoke that in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Maybe you're still open there. You can look at that in verse 24. So that's who you're fighting against. Now, who are you fighting for? Who are you fighting for? Have you ever heard somebody say you have to pick your battles? Uh, I have to think about that a lot as a parent, even still, <laughs> with 20-somethings. Um, I have to think about that a lot still, shamefully, being a husband. You'd think I, you'd think I would know which battles to pick, which are none. Uh, but uh, still have to think about what's worth bringing up to my wife or not. Uh, we, have to, we have to choose our battles, but the Bible's very clear about some battles we need to fight. And I'm not to be fighting against my wife or with my wife. I'm not to be fighting against or with my children, but I'm to be fighting for them. That's one party that we need to fight for. We need to fight for our families. We're living in a culture where parents are spending fewer than 15 minutes a week uh, on the average, of course, in, in serious discussion with their children, like meaningful discussion, fewer than 15 minutes per week. And I remember being repulsed by those statistics uh, years ago, really. It's, this has been um, the phenomenon for years, uh, probably even before cell phones, but it's been made worse by those things. And I just remember being repulsed by that. I'll never. And I remember there were weeks that went by with children that I thought, I haven't, I haven't spent five minutes actually talking with one or two or three of my children um, happens to the best of us. And I remember thinking, I've got to fight for that. 
individual, one-on-one, so I can get to know that child better. Not just what they did during the day, but what's going on inside of them. That kind of conversation. I had to fight to keep mealtime a sacred time. That was a fight. When kids started playing uh, sports and doing activities, uh, when, when Monica or I would work long or there would be yard work to do on a day like this after days of rain and sun comes out and you got to mow the yard and all that, just there are things that you have to fight for, but I'm not just really fighting that for me, I'm fighting that for, for my family as a whole. Do you have things like that that you're saying, this is too important to let go with your spouse or with your children? I hope there are things like that. I hope you can identify uh, times that are cherished, that you build together, and, and that it's worth fighting for. Hey, your, your entire relationship is fi worth fighting for, isn't it? Not just time, but your relationship. Your spouse is the single greatest commitment that you have to a human being on earth. Your spouse, the only human on earth with whom you have a covenant like you do with the Lord. And this spouse has committed to you their life for life. And you, they, they're to be your companion from youth, Malachi said. They're the ones to whom uh, you're committed to, to raise up if it is by your choice that you do so godly offspring and um, commit your lives to those children. This is not someone to ease back from, to stop working on that relationship with and to stop building. This is someone actually to fight for. And with all of the challenges that come our way that demand our time and our energy, that actually plant false thoughts in our minds, culture does this. You've noticed, I'm sure, if you own a television, if you own a television, you'll notice that the family that God speaks about in the Bible is under frontal assault. You may have been able to say that for many years, perhaps always, right? But it, it, is, it is really, really profoundly under attack now. And we need to protect ourselves and protect our spouses from allowing themselves to believe things other than what God teaches us through, the, through His Word and through the Gospel that builds a healthy relationship. Our children are receiving instruction. Uh, they're little sponges. And when they get older, they're big sponges. And they're sponging up everything they hear. And they're having to filter and sift through information constantly, just like you and I. But if they're not hearing truth, then they're going to be left only to receive and, and wrestle with in confusion amongst those false thoughts and beliefs that they can hold which ones of those may be of most value to them. And so we have to fight for our children. We need to fight for time with them and remember that we're not fighting against them. I remember so many times I would get angry for good reason because I, I maybe didn't have quality time that maybe they were so busy, I would get angry with them. And that's a mistake. Rather than getting angry, I needed to think through those situations more as a parent and, and try to help create that time. And we're learning in those, the men's classes that we've been uh, doing together on Tuesday and Thursday evenings about being a creator and a cultivator um, 
in your life, creating things. Well, what do you create? You create environments where you and people around you can thrive. That's really what men who are called the head of a household ought to be doing, creating those uh, opportunities. And so we need, we need amongst us, we need in our culture, uh, a restoration movement for the family. And where is that going to start but with me in my own home? Where is that going to start but with the church here, recommitting ourselves to those things that God's called us to of great importance? And they're worth fighting for. Our spouses and our children are worth fighting for. That leads me to my next point. You are worth fighting for. I've had conversations with people who don't have any fight left in them. Some of the reasons are because they feel like they've failed in their marriage or they've failed raising children and they lost their fight. They don't feel worthy of the gospel. They don't feel like they held their responsibilities and they don't feel worthy to be saved because they feel like they've let people down and they don't feel good about themselves. But I want to remind anyone here who might be feeling that way and all of us to, to be sure to remember that God created you before he created your marriage and before he created your children. He created you. You were a baby in the womb. You were born to glorify God. God still thinks you're special. There's no one else like you in the entire world. There's only one of you. He thinks you're pretty special. And He wants you to come to Him, to not run from Him, but to come to Him with even failures. Maybe, maybe you have failed. Maybe it's perception that you've failed when, when people make their own choices. Maybe it's because we feel like it's because of us, but maybe it is that you've failed in some ways. And the last thing God wants you to do is to do what Judas did. You know, Judas could have done what Peter did. Judas could have repented. God would have forgiven him. He could have repented. He did not have to go out and take his own life. He was surprised. The Bible says that when he realized they were actually going to kill the Lord, that's when he really got despondent and decided to take his own life. He didn't want them to harm him. Uh, him. He thought that surely he would walk through them and walk away from them as normal. When he realized, hey, I have actually played a role in failing my Lord, he took his own life. And the Lord would rather us respond like Peter when Peter failed and to repent. You are worth saving. You are. Your brethren are worth fighting for. No greater love has a man for his friends than to lay down his life. Uh, brethren, we are to love each other so much that we would actually die for one another. It's kind of hard for us to wrestle uh, through that and think about, well, what scenario would that happen? There are some other places in the world that can vividly uh, understand uh, situations where somebody might have to die for somebody else. You know, we, Harold, thanks for praying about these uh, believers in uh, Sri Lanka uh, with the bombings today. Um, you know, there are people that have stories uh, about not just dying, but actually sometimes having to, to choose to give their life to save other people. 
we're actually to love each other that much. That may or may not happen uh, anytime soon where you're, you're, you're given the opportunity to lay down your life for someone else. But what does that say? How much more should we be able to love one another uh, when we're not, our hand isn't forced, when we're not in situations uh, where we have to lay down our lives, where we're in a free country to serve one another in a time of peace? Uh, how much more freely can we uh, love and serve one another? We should be doing that and building that amongst one another. Uh, I laughed a little bit this afternoon. I was thinking about uh, Art sitting out here. He's going to bust my chops afterwards, I'm sure, but it's kind of a funny story. We went down to Midwestern uh, Children's Home to do some demolition, which is always a little fun and a little dangerous, um, which draws most people in. And... Um, I was up uh, putting my back on the ceiling. I was standing on a bunk putting my back on a ceiling while those guys unscrewed these uh, four by eight sheets of, of um, plywood. And then I would just take the weight off so it didn't fall on all of us, you know. And then I'd, I'd squat down a little bit and they'd take it off and they'd take it out the door. It was an easy job. They did all the work reaching and straining, except there was a nest of coons on top. And I told these guys, I said, if there's any critters up here, now don't go running off out of the cabin and leaving me up here. And I looked down at Art and his son Andre and their eyes got real big and they shuffled out the door and I was laying there and there was an angry mother coon on top of my back on the board up here. And she barreled down off and ran out and we, we had to put these little coons somewhere. But Art, I was, I was thinking about loving our brothers today. And, uh, <laughs> I know you love me, man. It's kind of hard to imagine you laying down your life for me right now. <laughs> but I think on a, on a more serious level, it, it's, it's, it's in us. It's in us to do that. We need to, um, we need to fight for the lost. We need to fight for people whom God loves. If, you're, if your heart is close to God's, you love things God loves, and you hate things God hates. God loves the whole world that He gave His only begotten Son, that no one should perish. And we need to fight for, on behalf of, people who are lost, and not let them be lost so easily. Don't let it happen so easily. Fight for them, not with them, not against them, not seeing labels on their head that you want to put there so you don't have to go after them, but to fight for them. People need to hear the gospel. I know, this is not my opinion, this is not an opinion, this is a statement of fact. There are scores and scores of people right here in our area people that you come across every day, anywhere you go, who will listen to the gospel, who will talk to you about your faith. I know that. I try, and I'm kind of introverted, but I try to meet people and talk to them, and it is not hard, and others here who have broached that, that, that little bit of uh, uncomfortability that you go through for a little while until you realize, and here's what got me over this church, was realizing how many people really liked
to talk about faith in God and had questions, but never run into anybody that affords them the opportunity to talk or anybody that they think really might care if we care about them and ask them how they're doing or get to know them a little bit. It's amazing to me. Let's not let people be lost so quickly and so easily. Church, let's have a little fight in us. Let's be resolved, as we sang, to speak his name and, and uh, spread the gospel and enlarge the borders of the kingdom. There are many searching for truth right here in our area and all across our great land. This is where the power of serving through love comes in. Truthful words clothed in agape love is like a sword slicing right through hearts and getting into the center of hearts. You may have noticed that everything that I've mentioned so far that's worthy of fighting for is human. I mention my favorite bumper sticker every once in a while, don't I? Most important things in life aren't things. You know, when you really think about what really matters, people come to mind, not stuff, right? So what's worth fighting for? You are, your family. I could have included your parents too. As recently, again, I've had conversations with those who are trying to win their parents to the Lord. Your parents are worth fighting for, your children, your spouse, your brethren, and the lost. That means we need to have a little fight in us because I'm always around somebody like that. Fits one of those categories, always. I just want to encourage you that the fight is not something that we have to be angry about, afraid of. We just need to focus on caring about people and learning how to serve with the love of Christ not being ashamed of Him, not being ashamed to glorify Him before men. And you'll find people. They might be right in your family. You're going to find people that are hungry for the gospel. So, everyone has their own little round tops to defend. And you need to uh, gain the high ground on those uh, situations. And hold your ground at all costs. That's words I wanted to encourage you with tonight. If you're someone who needs to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ by trusting His plan of redemption, having faith in Him, repenting of your sins, being baptized for the remission of your sins, calling Him Lord, we will do that tonight. We would love nothing more than to help you become a Christian. Let's stand and sing.